Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi and Mississippi, for that matter, a special place to live work and play. You know, Coast View is about celebrating coastal Mississippi. You know that so well if you're a regular listener. But it's also about celebrating Mississippi and connecting this great state, the rest of this great state, to to the coast. So if you're a regular listener, you know that I talk often about my place in the Mississippi Delta. I love that special region of the state. Speaking of regions, you know, let's think about the geography of the overall state of Mississippi. There are actually a lot of debates about how many regions there actually are. Uh, some say there are as many as 13. I say there are four. The Piney Woods in the center of the state. You've got northeast Mississippi where there are the hills. And then, of course, the Mississippi Delta that runs from just outside Memphis all the way down to Vicksburg. And then, of course, you have Paradise on Earth right here in coastal Mississippi. My goal often is to connect coastal Mississippi to the Delta. Because these are two very historically and economically significant regions of this state. You know, I say this a lot, but I think it's important to say it again. It's important to understand that Mississippi will never really overcome its ranking as in, in terms of how it ranks with the nation. If it, doesn't, if it doesn't think about the Mississippi Delta in terms of education and poverty and economic challenges and opportunity, there are great strides still to be made in the Mississippi Delta. So I've been drawn to that place for like 15 or 20 years now, and I've found that the coast and the Delta have a lot in common, a whole lot in common. Probably the most significant significant quality we share is resilience. Um, you know, that's our dogged determination to overcome challenges. If you think about the Delta, just, just for a second, think about the floods and agricultural challenges that it's had to face over the many years, that, the, 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 the challenges it's had to endure over the many years. The people in the Delta know so well, as we've learned here in coastal Mississippi the hard way, that buildings don't make a community, it's the people that make a difference. And while there's always going to be exceptions to the rule. Mississippians, as a general rule, have a deep appreciation for you. When I when I, when I uh, talk about our competitive advantage here, uh, it's always what's in the heart and minds of Mississippi and what's in our soul. Um, famous Mississippian Morgan Freeman said this about this place. You've not lived till you come through Mississippi. It's not only the epicenter for blues, but people who come to Mississippi say, I've never met people so often, I mean, excuse me, so open, so friendly, Southern hospitality. He's so right. I'm going to zero in today on the role blues has played in bringing international attention to Mississippi, the Delta, and in specific, uh, Clarksdale. Incidentally, one of the smartest things our state ever did was create the Mississippi Blues Trail. That these are the historic markers, blues markers that that run across the entire state. And as my friend and the director of Visit Mississippi, Craig Ray, often says, it's the largest open air museum in the in the United States. I mean, it's, it was masterfully done. And don't think, if you're on the coast now, don't think for a minute that this is something that happens up there in other areas of the of Mississippi. We actually have 11 blues markers here in coastal Mississippi, from Bay St. Louis on over to, uh, to Moss Point. Undeniably, Mississippi 
is the birthplace for American music. Just think about it. Uh, Mississippi produced the king of rock and roll, the father of country music, and the king of blues. But the impact blues specifically has had on music around the world cannot be overstated. Even the Rolling Stones and the Beatles said that they were influenced by the music of the Mississippi Delta. There are so many other inspiring stories, so many. Uh, so today we're going to spend the entire uh, hour focused on the epicenter for blues music in Mississippi. We're going to be joined by the mayor, of the, uh, the former mayor of Clarksdale, and the co-owner with Morgan Freeman of the Ground Zero Blues Club, the number one blues club in the United States, right there in Clarksdale. So please join me in welcoming blue, uh, Bill Luckett to Coastview. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Ricky. Thank you for having me on. I saw you uh, kind of shake your head a couple of times as I was you kind of setting up the show. But but it is true, isn't it, that coastal Mississippi and the Delta share a, a significant ability to be resilient, resilient isn't it? Oh, yes. Uh, coast has proven it with uh, overcoming the strife brought on and the destruction brought on by numerous hurricanes over my lifetime, especially. I'm 73. I've seen a bunch of them. And the Delta is just resilient because of what it has overcome over the last century and a half of just clearing land and swamps and mosquitoes and, and the poverty and the hard scrabble life that uh, really gave rise to blues music right here out of this rich soil called the Mississippi Delta. That alluvian soil, that amazing alluvian soil. Um, it's amazing to me when I go into hills at my place in the Delta, when I get up into the hills, that I see, you know, remnants of, uh, you know, rocks and other things that were, that came down the, the, the river at some point in our history. It's incredible, really, if you think back about the series of events that ultimately created the Mississippi Delta, isn't it? Well, it is from the low hills that uh, start at Memphis and go down uh, just on the west side of Batesville and on down to Greenwood, just east of Greenwood, and then on down to Belzona and then on into uh, the Vicksburg area. This alluvial plain here that is, uh, we know runs from, as, as a writer once said, the lobby of the Peabody Hotel in Memphis to Catfish Row in Vicksburg, and is. Tennessee Williams character Big Daddy said in the play Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, this is the richest land this side of the Valley Nile. But to get to use that rich soil took years of tall, hard scrabble effort by loggers and land clearers and farmers and, and all. But uh, we, do, uh, we do enjoy that reputation of rich soil and a wonderful rich culture here as well. Although our people are uh, largely, we are regarded as the poorest part of the poorest state in the nation in terms of finance. But in terms of culture, we're always at the top of the heap. Rich, rich in culture. Unbelievably rich in culture with worldwide impact. And again, we cannot overstate the importance of that. And I mentioned to you, Bill, before we started the show, that you are an inspiration. You know, you, you were a lawyer. Uh, you, you know, obviously very successful as a lawyer. You've, you've been in business. You've, um, you, you were mayor of that, of that city, Clarksdale. You had a passion for bringing back 
a, a town that was, you know, was kind of dying on the vine, so to speak, and it had significant challenges. Um, as the story goes, people would come to town and say, where can I listen to blues music? Because as before you guys were really putting it on the marketing map, so to speak, you know, Clarksdale's always sort of been the epicenter, and we'll come back to why that is here in just a second. But uh, you ultimately decided in, in partnership with Morgan Freeman to create this Ground Zero Club that has gotten international attention, and we'll tell that story as well. But let's just kind of take a step back for just a second. I, heard, I, heard, I watched a great interview with Morgan Freeman when he said that he was building a house once, someone told him he needed a great lawyer. That's back in the summer of 1996. And you met, and what forged was an incredible relationship and a passion that you both shared, a mission that you both shared. Why don't you talk a little bit about the evolution of that friendship? Well, uh, that's uh, you've done your research, Ricky, obviously. Uh, Morgan and I met in the summer of 1996, as you said. Uh, I'm not only a lawyer, but I grew up working my way through, somewhat through high school, college, and law school, painting houses. Literally a house painter with a crew out there on a ladder and roller and all that. And uh, I also became an officer in the Army and commanded an engineering unit. Uh, the detachment I commanded was based in Morgan's nearest hometown of Charleston, Mississippi. And I learned a lot about building that way, both exposed as a house painter, houses coming out of the ground and materials being back primed and readied for finished coats of paint, as well as my army experience. Morgan was building what he is a beautiful home. He lives in it now. Uh, it was coming out of the ground, but he noticed it had some problems and uh, he, he called on me to help him through those problems, both as a lawyer and as someone with knowledge of construction. So I often say I'm frustrated. I'm not an architect, I'm sort of a two bit contractor, whatever, but we just made fast friends. We've been best friends really ever since the last 25 years, we've had a, shared a lot of great experiences together, traveled together, had a fine dining restaurant for about 12 years here. We just celebrated our 20th year of Ground Zero Blues Club. And the story that you recited part of is, is very accurate. As, as Morgan's and my friendship grew in the late 90s, we would visit back and forth as you do and go out and eat dinner places and all and he noticed these tourists coming to Clarksdale and of course you knew we knew there were tourists but he was saying well what, what are they looking for and I said well they most of them I hear want to hear some live blues music and he asked the question rhetorically well do they get do they hear it and I said really there's no place here that has reliably performed you know, week in, week out, blues music. It's all kind of a hit or miss proposition. And and we looked at each other and said, you know, we can do something about that. And we decided to open Ground Zero Blues Club. We uh, had uh, a, a joinder into the effort by Howard Stovall of the famous Stovall Plantation, became a part owner. And more lately, we've had another owner join us from Portland, Oregon, who has a big interest in Clarksdale and the Delta. So what started as an idea Morgan and I had together ended up with four owners now. And uh, 
we are actually licensing our brand to be uh, used at a, a venue in Biloxi. It's coming out of the ground now too. Uh, our real, real first serious venture at having a, another venue using our name. So this club just. Um, because of where it is, and I know you're going to get to some of that in a minute, uh, and the tourists that just flock here, uh, it just become an institution. It's iconic now, even after 20 years, ranked number one in the nation according to bestbluesclub.org. And also, uh, Fodors puts Clarksdale, you know, the travel people Fodors, as the number one music city in America that's not Nashville, Tennessee. And American Airlines ranked us as one of the top three best live music venues in the world. So we've really gotten some accolades, whether they're deserved or not. We, we certainly enjoy them. And the they, are, they are extraordinarily well-deserved because your efforts are connected to the soul of Mississippi. And that soul of Mississippi has touched the rest of the world. And they know that. And it's amazing. They want to touch it themselves. It's that historic. And we're going to talk about why it's so darn historic here in just a minute when we come back and continue our conversation with Bill Luckett as we reflect on the role blues has played in the state of Mississippi. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coastview. Very special day here on Coastview as we talk about the blues in Mississippi, the impact that they've had really around the world. And I couldn't think of a better person to have that conversation with than Bill Luckett, the former mayor of Clarksdale. He's uh, with a couple of other partners, including Morgan Freeman. They own the Ground Zero Blues Club in Clarksdale. And uh, it was fun sort of kind of setting the stage for what we're going to talk about now. But, you know, one of the I think a good place to start is that I was having this conversation with my dear friend Steve Azar recently, the music and cultural ambassador from Mississippi, who can't say, talk about the blues and impact the blues enough. But we were we were having a conversation, and he had had a conversation with Kristen Ingram, uh, Kingfish, who was on his show in a Mississippi Minute, and. Um, Steve joined me on my show after they had had this 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 opportunity to visit for after after Steve and Kingfish visited, and for Steve to talk about the how Kingfish became who he is today, um, the fact that he went to the blues Delta Blues music, uh, I mean art and uh, and education program. He was introduced to blues music right there. He, I mean, I, I can't think of a better place to start than to think about here's the Ground Zero cl uh, Club and across the street, the Delta Blues Museum and this drive that you guys have to pass this culture, to, try, to, to, to pass traditional uh, blues to the next generation. That effort cannot be more important, can it? Oh, you're right. Uh, the, the Blues Museum's program to take in, well, they say the young and the young at heart. So it's not limited to just kids, okay? I know of a doctor who studied guitar over there, and he was in his 60s when he started. But uh, we've had just some incredible talent that it's 
kind of birthed up out of Clarksdale that's learned to play blues at the Delta Blues Museum. Uh, and, and there are a number of them. The, you know, the, the one who really stands out, you mentioned, is, is Chris Stone Ingram, known as Kingfish. Uh, he, you know, he was nominated for a Grammy. He started playing on our stage when he was like 12 years old, and he's probably about 20 or 21 now. Uh, just a phenomenal talent. Uh, I remember one night being in here when he was playing, and a guy named T-Bone Burnett, who's big in the music industry from L.A. and Nashville, was down here, and he he, uh, he kind commented about him as well as a, a writer uh, who uh, I think is the world's leading authority on Hank Williams, a guy named Colin Escott, I think is his name. They both just praise Kingfish, saying he's just such an incredible talent. So we are just sort of growing it out of the soil here, these talented musicians. You know, this is great. When you go to the museum website, um, there is a tour that you can take with Kingfish. And you know he's showing you these these uh, these these various artists, and he said, "Well, this the, here this he's, this guy was my mentor, and this guy was my mentor." And you know he talks about at, at one point he gets into the conversation about um, about Super Chicken, and you know the fact that he makes these guitars out of gas cans, and he tells that story. But man, you this got to make you proud to think about how the, you you can literally feel this generational passing of this in baton of traditional blues music and kingfish captured it so well and again he's not alone but the fact that he's the one doing this tour on this video man it's got to give you a warm feeling oh yeah it does indeed you know when we open this club in in may we actually opened May 11th, 2001. We had our grand opening in, in May, that Memorial Day, that, that year of 2001. And uh, between our actual opening and the end of that year, John Lee Hooker died. So many of these old musicians uh, from around here and the state, you know, Vicksburg and all over, were dying off because they just reached their 70s, 80s, 90-year-old thresholds. And uh, to see these young guys coming up, like Kingfish and, and Lee Williams and some of the old guys teaching them how to uh, to continue the blues legacy is, is very heartening. Yeah, it's, it's good to see it coming. Uh, an author named Rick Bragg did a book once or published an article, I think, in the New York Times about the blues is dead. And I happened to run across him at the Delta Blues Museum, and I jumped him pretty hard about it. And I think he later, he, he printed a better edition of that same story and said, I, I got my lesson learned. Blues aren't dead at all. Blues is the roots, and the rest is the fruits, as we say in the music business. Uh, it all comes from blues music, all the modern genres of music. Some of the some of the names. I mean, you mentioned John Lee Hooker, but you have Sam Cooke for you know Ike Turner, Muddy Waters. You know, right outside town, Muddy well, Waters Sam, and the impact that it had. You know, Sam Cooke and John Lee Hooker and Ike Turner were all born here. Uh, those who weren't born here came through here. Muddy Waters was born down in Rolling Fork, but ended up on Stovall Plantation just a couple of miles out of town until he left for uh, Chicago in the mid-40s. But all of them played these numerous blues club, joke joint venues back in the day. Surprisingly, I have grown up here all my life, and it 
was not until I was in my 40s that I realized just what we have here in terms of music legacy. I, I grew up in a like a lot of southern towns, not just Mississippi, but we were separated black and white by a railroad track. And usually there's a river, a railroad track, or a street. And what goes on in one part of town is just pretty much foreign to the other. And that's how I grew up. I can remember my dad taking me across the tracks as a 10-year-old to get hot tamales at some of the people's places who made hot tamales and seeing a sea of bobbing heads out on Issaquina Avenue and hearing music coming from every every conceivable location surrounding me and realized that was Saturday night in the Delta back in the 50s and uh, it, it went on like that but it was I wasn't introduced to it really until the 40s when actually it was Howard Stovall who made a talk here about the history of blues. Ricky, I didn't even know that the Rolling Stones uh, derived so much of their root music from the blues. Even Elvis Presley. Hound Dog was a Big Mama Thornton song. Don't Be Cruel or some of those songs were Willie Dixon from Vicksburg. I mean, they borrowed heavily on the blues music and then reintroduced us to it basically it's really incredible i mean every time you turn open a stone you know turn a stone you see there's more information and it literally is like peeling the the uh the the, the skin of an onion it's you know once you think you've arrived you 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 have another relationship or another conversation with someone and learn a whole another angle of what the influence was from keith richards to bob dylan to robert plant especially eric clapton i i think about eric clapton's connection to robert johnson and Robert Johnson's life in particular, and as you, you and I discussed before the show started, I'm a kind of a, a little bit of an aficionado on Robert Johnson because I'm fascinated with him that in 36 and 1936 and 1937, finally, you know, he, he did a couple of, uh, he did some recordings, only 29 songs. He didn't get right. discovered until way later. And I think like after the album by Capitol Records in 1961, uh, the king of, of uh, Delta Blues singers, but how that album then touched so many people it's incredible and then of course you then you have the whole uh, mystery you know and around the the crossroads and the story around the crossroads what an amazing story yeah let me uh, share something with you you know eric clapton did a, a, a cd uh, called me and mr johnson and if you read the liner notes to that particular album if you will he praises robert johnson as being the person who influenced his life almost totally he said it's the purest music i ever heard eric clapton saying when i felt myself drift away Away from that music, I would go listen to it again to bring myself back on track. Uh, uh, just a, a phenomenal tribute to Robert Johnson. Speaking of the crossroads, those guitars that are at the current, actually it was the next to current intersection. We've had another bypass since then around Clarksdale, but the intersection of highways 61 and 49 have three guitars out there that I actually designed years ago when someone did a little documentary saying I'm here at the crossroads, but you wouldn't know it. There's nothing to mark it. And I turned <laughs> to my wife and I said, we're going to change that. We're going to have a monument. So we ended up the city and, and all of us put that up. 
But a friend of mine uh, from Texas, where Robert Johnson recorded most of those 29 songs, has done extensive research on the old Sanborn maps. And he has matched up the recording dates with the roads that existed. And he has determined that the real crossroads, ironically enough, is right behind the building where I'm sitting right now in downtown Clarksdale. Wow. Uh, it, that was in the day, but it got bypassed and bypassed yet again. So that's a little story, so, little tidbit. I'll yeah, so I'm assuming that the sign is at the intersection of 61 and 49. Is that is that the is that the the sign to Crossroads? The symbolic sign, yeah. The guitars yeah. and it says yeah. the Crossroads yeah. under. A lot We're of people a, get their photos. Yeah, we're having a great conversation with Bill Luckett about the history of blues in Mississippi and the role that the Ground Zero uh, Club has played. We'll talk more about that in a second. But when we come back, we'll just continue some some more about this history and uh, and then we'll evolve into the, the, the role that this effort, this mission uh, has played in sort of helping to revitalize Clarksdale. We'll come back after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. And now, it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews, brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGK Systems and Networks on Supertalk 103.1 FM. 103.1 FM. I'm so thrilled to have Bill Luckett joining me on Coast View today as we connect the coast to the Delta. So amazing. And to think about actually that a future opening here in Biloxi of a Ground Zero Club, Blues Club, what that's going to be super exciting. Bill, by the way, I don't want to get too far away from this because we were getting close to the end and I didn't want to get into this and have to cut you off. But you talked about being raised in Clarksdale and going over there to get your tamales and hearing that amazing music and whatever. What is it that ultimately compelled you to be such a strong leader in the civil rights uh, you know, era? I mean, you've, you've got a great history there. You've, you've been involved and done, made so many different contributions over the year. What, can you remember the one event that, that turned your mind and said, I'm going to do what I can to help? I do, and it, it didn't happen here. It happened at the University of Virginia, where I matriculated to college following my graduation from Clarksdale High School. Uh, you know, you kind of are what you come from in a way, and, and, and I grew up here, as I mentioned, in a segregated southern city, like many were, like most were, and I, I got my eyes sort of opened up when I got off out of state to college and I, I learned I needed to uh, really to practice more compassion, more tolerance, more understanding. You know, when you grow up surrounded by people who, you know, my daddy was a lawyer and we belonged to the country club and, and that was my group and circle of friends and little exposure to other people not much diversity in my life through high school and I got to college and it just opened my eyes and, and really I came back here I went to the army for a year and then to law school and when I got back to Clarksdale and started sort of sizing things up at a 25 year old age I realized that uh, maybe I could devote some time and attention to improving the lot of 
everybody here really and uh it kind of put me on that mission i was inspired locally by andy carr and his brother oscar carr by aaron henry aaron henry and i were worked together on political projects for a while and you know ironically my dad and aaron henry were born in the same year 1922 and died in the same year 1996 the same year i met morgan so uh, i just developed an interest in trying to do what I could uh, to, to help out, and that's that's why I did it. I was I, I've been I've been I mean if you're if you're a Mississippian and you're paying attention to Morgan Freeman's sort of mission, you know he talks. I think either one of the two of you talked about this. You said it, that the Ground Zero is not just a club; it's a movement; it's a culture that he's drawn here and he wants to he wants to sort of be an ambassador for Mississippi wherever he goes around the world and i remember i actually wrote one of the things that he said it must have been sitting at that house that you talked about that he loves so much but he says i'm really drawn to this the grass the trees not so much the asphalt but he loved he loves mississippi doesn't he he does in fact you you said not the asphalt his driveway to his home is a gravel driveway and that's on purpose he could have put a concrete drive or an asphalt paved road whatever he wants it authentic like he knew it as a child growing up in greenwood and his uh, stepdad and grandmom and all they lived up where he now lives he bought up the old family land uh, in the delta outside of charleston it's about five miles on the clarksdale side of charleston and uh, one story i heard him tell i think it was uh, somebody from public television asking that question of uh, when a mr freeman you have fame and fortune you could live anywhere you want to live why do you did you choose to come back and live in mississippi and he said because i can live anywhere i want to live and that really tells it he's a he's such a loyal friend to his friends he's such a, a, a wonderful ambassador for mississippi as is steve azar uh, morgan did a little part of a of a steve azar video that went to number one on the country music stations back in the day called waiting on joe a song steve wrote and, and what a great guy he is to help us out too out of now out of greenville yeah, Steve, Steve is a is a dear friend of mine, and we 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 get together and talk as often as we can. He, I mean, he, talk about a devoted friend. He's the kind of guy that once you once you get into his inner circle, he loves you, and he expresses that love, and he and he cares about this state. It's no wonder that he is the music and cultural ambassador for the state of Mississippi. And right, the Waiting on Joe video is incredible. And we've talked about it here on Coastview before. And uh, Morgan did him a great favor by being a part of that because it really helped kind of unleash Steve's career. And, uh, you know, gave ultimately all that time in Nashville gave him an opportunity to come back to, the, to Greenville. And you know what I often say about Steve, and probably this goes for a lot of Mississippi artists, that maybe some of his best years are ahead of him as he continues to write and be inspired and sort of control his own destiny and so passionate and uh, and focused. It's just incredible. I, I too, Bill, I'm sure you have as well. I've had opportunities to leave this place, but Mississippi's home, man. And I, I, I had, 
I had no <laughs> no goal in, at all. I don't care how how successful I was in my career of leaving Mississippi. I mean, I I did spend some time in Louisiana and Alabama and you know around, but I never lost my base station right here in Mississippi because it was in my soul, man, and it gets in your soul, doesn't it? No, it really does. And, uh, you know, I'm appreciative to live here in the Delta. I, I, I tell people often, uh, they say, what do you what do you do there? There's nothing to do. There's no place to go. And I said, you know, you kind of manufacture a lot of that on your own. That's probably the reason why a disproportionate number of very talented people come out of Mississippi. You look at our athletes, our musicians, and our writers. And then you look at the Delta as a part of the state, that Northwest Quadrant, and we have a disproportionate number of musicians, writers, and athletes coming out of the Delta as even compared to Mississippi. So uh, maybe it's just because we kind of make our own entertainment in a way, kind of like the old blues musicians did back on the farms back in the 40s and 50s. Uh, but uh, we, we're very blessed with our talent. And if we so, can continue to improve our economic lot and get that up where the culture is, we'll really have something going on. And I think we will eventually do it. Things like broadband and focus. We have to focus. That's really important, actually, in order to solve a problem. And hopefully our state leaders will get more focused on the Delta as we go forward. Hey, look, there is a really significant connection between the Great Britain and and Clarksdale. And there was a huge British blues movement that we talked about it before. Eric Clapton and Keith Richards and Robert Plant and, and so many others. Um, talk about how significant that connection is. When we talk about international, we're not talking about a few people dabbling over here and find, you know, accidentally finding Clarksdale. These folks come from from there on a mission, don't they? Oh, they do. Half of our customer base here, and this is not empirically data-driven, this is just what I see and, and the people I meet, half of our customers come from somewhere overseas. Most of them, probably 90% or 85 anyway, come from Europe, and others come from Australia and everywhere else. If you were to pick two foreign countries that we we receive the most visitors from, I don't like to end the sentence on a preposition, I know better, but Australia is about 7% of the half and Great Britain is the other seven. Then after that, Norway, Germany, Finland, Sweden, Iceland, all over Europe, all over Europe, we have lots of visitors coming. Uh, John Lennon's sister, Julia uh, Lennon, has made multiple trips here to Clarksdale uh, because the Beatles, as you say, were influenced by this music as well. Uh, we, we have film producers, uh, just general tourists. Uh, Sir Trevor McDonald's been over here and did a piece for the BBC. Stephen Fry has been here doing something from Great Britain. Uh, it's just uh, I've done radio broadcasts for, for the BBC radio network. Uh, the British just have a super deep love and respect for this music. Uh, and I guess it was because 
people like the young Keith Richards and the young John Lennons and the Eric Claptons and so many more uh, picked up on this music and, and they, they grew up with it and they uh, really appreciated it. And as I say, they reintroduced us to it in the British Invasion, uh, the bands from the 60s and 70s. You know, one of the interesting things about my conversation with Steve, let's come back to Kingfish for a second, that he's not alone in this, incidentally. But when Kingfish goes to Europe, man, he has tremendous success over there. And, you know, he and I he and I got into this discussion about, you know, it's interesting that he has to what, what Steve says is I hope he never has to leave here permanently. You know, go there, visit, you know, make your money, get your inspiration, but always come back to Mississippi. But they can't do it just having their base in Mississippi. The, they're actually more popular in Europe than they are in America. That's an amazing thing. Hey, listen, we're coming to the end of the segment. I'll get your, your, your thought about that when we come back on the other end. But we're having a conversation with Bill Luckett, the former mayor of the city of Clarksdale and a co-owner of the Ground uh, Zero Blues Club. And we'll continue the conversation after this. Also, listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We celebrate coastal Mississippi here, and today we're continuing my mission to connect, connect the Delta to the coastal Mississippi. And uh, we're having this terrific conversation with the for, former mayor of Clarksdale, Bill Luckett. He's a co-owner of the Ground Zero Blues Club. And incidentally, they're going to be opening a blues, uh, Ground Zero Blues Club right here in Biloxi. What a great opportunity that is for us. What a great opportunity that is for us to continue to connect the coast to the Delta. Really, really incredible. But I, before we went to the break, I mentioned that some of the blues artists have gone off to Europe. I mentioned Cedric Burnside during the break. You mentioned several others gone off to Europe and had tremendous success there. You told one story about the gas truck guy. Tell, tell that story. Well, there was a, a, a fellow here named Big Jack Johnson, known as the oil man, because he drove a, one of those tanker trucks for a local uh, distributor of fuel products. And he would travel to Europe and play gigs over there and just be treated like royalty and then come back here and get back in his truck. And nothing demeaning about being a truck driver, but I mean, he was he was treated like the king of Switzerland or something in Europe. And, and so many of them from here are. These blues artists go over there and they're revered. We have a sister city, Clarksdale does, Natudden, Norway, where their whole board of mayor and commissioners and aldermen and all their city officials have come to Clarksdale. We send a lot of our blues musicians over there to play their annual festival. So we have a big connection with Europe here and South America to some degree as well. It's, you know, it's, it's incredible, like international ambassadors from right there in, um, in Clarksdale. You've created an opportunity for, we mentioned some of these names, but for Big A and Super Chicken and Stan and Mississippi Marshall and several others, venues where they can play. And, um, and that's been incredible too, right there in Clarksdale. So as you sit 
sit there and reflect, looking back now on this sort of cultural mission that you've been on with Morgan, um, how does it make you feel to see what it has meant to not just, as as uh, as Morgan said, not just Clarksdale, not just Delta, but to Mississippi? Well, as you say, they they all are are really special ambassadors, taking a fun, entertaining message to uh, to people around the world, and they all serve as ambassadors for Mississippi and especially for Clarksdale. Uh, I know Charlie Musselwhite has just moved here permanently, the the harmonica player from Kaiserville, California. It, invariably, he always talks up Mississippi and Clarksdale when he accepts awards or, or appears on, on shows such as this. So there's a lot of people we are so proud of that are spreading the word about our little Delta town. So uh, uh, it, it's very encouraging. And, and this club has sort of uh, stoked the fires, if you will, for other venues to open here. I look at it as the more the merrier. The, the more venues we have open, the better off the whole city is. I don't look at them as competition, although in a way they are, but it, it, like the casino mentality, three casinos around the same parking lot sometimes, especially up in Tunica, and you wonder, what are they thinking? Well, what are they thinking is this. One casino, you get 10 people. Two casinos, you get 30. That's 15 each. That's how that mentality, that marketing effort works. So the more venues that we see open here, the better off we are. The more we see open up around the state, the better off we are because we truly are, uh, we, we're the, the music gift to the world from here in Mississippi. And you've been able to say, you know, I, I, how many times have you been sitting next to Morgan Freeman on any number of national, international shows talking about Mississippi? Well, pretty frequently. We did a segment not too long ago, uh, uh, kind of the best in the area segment for the NBC affiliate uh, out of uh, Memphis. We, we've done we've done a lot of them. Too many to remember without really thinking about it for a while. But, uh, you know, we try to get the word out. And, of course, with his uh, international appeal, uh, it, it's, it makes it easier to do. But our club has to stand on what it's all about. And that's blues music and fun atmosphere and good food and a good time. So, uh, you know, Morgan's celebrity certainly helps. But as he will be the first to tell you, we can't just rely on that alone. We have to offer a good product. And we, we, we do that. Apparently, we're recognized now for it. And we try to just to keep it going. The product is the key. The product is the key. Think of him as no more than the messenger of the brand. And the brand promises that when people come to your place, they're going to have an experience with traditional blues music and, and feel connected. And frankly, before they get here, they already know that music in most cases. I mean, there are these casual pastors through, I'm sure. But most people who come there have already a deep appreciation for it, and they want to experience it. And what you're seeing, you're seeing interesting kind of like uh, boutique hotels that open up and interesting things that are happening in your city. And like you said, the more the merry, the more that that happens, the better it is for your community. Listen, uh, we have less than a minute left, Bill. I'll, I'll give you the opportunity to have the final word. Well, I could say a lot of different things, but uh, one thing I tell a lot of people when they get here for the first time is that we not only permit, we encourage dancing on the bar. So uh, come <laughs> up here and 
have a great time with us. Uh, Clarksdale does have a lot to offer. I think we've turned that corner uh, back into Prosperity Row. Uh, and like you said, I'd love to see broadband, Delta wide. That would help out a lot too. But, uh, you know, it's just this rich culture and really friendly, good people we have in this city that are bringing this all about. So uh, thank you, Ricky, for the opportunity. It is, it is definitely that. I hope people enjoyed this effort that I had to connect the two of us and our wonderful places. And, um, and we'll continue the conversation. I look forward to the next time. And I look forward to being down on the coast with our opening the, of that club there. That's uh, going to be terrific. I'm looking forward to it. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. You too. Thanks. Follow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.